Well, hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition here on RNFM Radio. This is episode 115, May 21st, 2014, and right now we're hanging out on Google Hangouts on Air. I'm Kevin Ross, your co-host here. I'm hanging out in my studio in Colorado, and I just want to let everybody know that we are, again, hanging out on Google Hangouts on Air, but of course, if you're listening to the Archive podcast, where are you going to find that? Well, that's on rnfmradio.com under our podcast section. Tune in right there. You can listen to all of our wonderful podcasts, and thus far, 115 of them. And of course, you can find us under the hashtag rnfmradio on all of our platforms. That's on LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, you name it, that's where we are because we are where you want to be. So tune in again here on rnfmradio.com to find out more about us and to find out also that we're on Stitcher Radio and TuneIn Radio. We, of course, love to hear from you, the community at large, using that hashtag rnfmradio on all of those platforms. And, of course, you can leave us a voicemail or text us at 720 466 3022. And of course, for the iOS users, Apple users, that is, we are also on iTunes. So you can find us over there under the podcast section. And of course, again, my name is Kevin Ross, and I'm here joined by my wonderful, fabulous, and rock star co host, Keith Carlson, is here with us today. Keith, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Kevin. And you know, those introductions you give for me and the adjectives you use are just getting more flowery by the week. So keep it coming. Flattery will get you everywhere, Kevin. So, uh, hey, you know, man, I just, like I said, I appreciate you and I know the community does as well. Oh, uh, well, I appreciate you too, Kevin, especially all of the technical work you do on the background. A lot of folks know, some don't, that Kevin is really the tech person here at RNFM Radio. I do the programming and he does an amazing job getting everything ready, audio, video, and everything else. So hats off to you, Kevin, too. And we have a wonderful guest today. She, I consider her my LinkedIn and social media mentor. Her name is Sarah Santacroce, and she is joining us from her home in Switzerland. She helps small business owners and solopreneurs find their place in today's online world. She will teach you how to increase your online visibility so you can quit chasing clients and get found. She teaches you how to tap into the power of social media, especially LinkedIn, to increase your leads, and how to understand and master the intricacies of internet marketing. Sarah's expertise and eagerness to share her knowledge with others have made her an in-demand expert and a sought-after presenter at numerous workshops and webinars. Sarah lives and works in beautiful Switzerland, but works with people from all over the world, and you can find her at Simplicity small biz that's b-i-z dot com that's simplicity small biz dot com so sarah santa croce it is my pleasure to welcome you to rnfm radio thank you so much keith it's such a pleasure to to be here to talk to you i think that's only our first time that we actually get to see each other uh well, not in real life but at least in virtual life so pleasure to be here oh uh, well it's great to have you it's wonderful to have actually our first European guest on RNFM Radio, so thank you for gracing our airwaves and uh, the video feed with your graceful presence, and it's wonderful to have you here. So Sarah, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I know a lot about you, but our listeners don't and our viewers, and your practice as a social media and uh, LinkedIn expert and mentor for people all over the, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, where to start? I think I'll start um, when 
we moved to California. We um, four years. Uh, we had a little stay in California because my husband got a job transfer, and so we moved the house and two uh, small kids uh, over there to the nice and sunny uh, Southern California. First of all, I stayed at home, took care of the kids, but after a year or so, I was like, okay, that's been nice, but now uh, I need another challenge. And so I decided to uh, open my own business because at the time we weren't sure if we were gonna move back to Switzerland or uh, go some other place. And I needed a business that's mobile, meaning that I can work from anywhere in this world. And back then the idea was to start a virtual assistant business so helping uh, small businesses and, and entrepreneurs with, with admin work and uh, any kind of virtual assistance. And when I was trying to find out more about how would I market that business, how do, how do I get clients? Well, that's when I kind of stumbled up on uh, social media. And it was really big back then. And it just started, you know, 2007. That was kind of like when everything started. And, uh, and so I was like, wow, this is, this is my world. This is, I discovered my passion. And so when we moved back to Switzerland uh, in 2010, that's, you know, that's what became my business. I moved away from virtual assistants and really went into the whole social media and, and internet marketing in general. Um, so that's what I do today. I work, like you said, with, with entrepreneurs uh, from all over the world, uh, a lot of coaches. Uh, so service-based entrepreneurs, and I kind of try to help them get clients online so they can quit chasing after them and get found online instead. And you are definitely an expert at that, Sarah. And I met you through some link I found somewhere on social media because you're you're out there on all the platforms. And I've participated in your LinkedIn challenge, which we'll talk about shortly, and also interacted you with you on Facebook, on Twitter. You know, we've crossed paths several times. I've taken part in some of your Google Hangouts, and you just do a wonderful job. What I what I can say is encapsulating and making very concise explanations of how social media works. And what I wanted to ask you is. Why is social media so important now in the 21st century for small business owners and entrepreneurs? What is it about social media that makes it such an important aspect of our business plan? Um, there's two things. I think, first of all, uh, everybody searches online before they buy nowadays. Whether it is they buy a product or a service, people go online to search. So uh, if you have a, a great online presence, uh, and not just an online presence that, um, you know, the presence itself, but an aligned presence. So meaning that, you know, whether you see me on Twitter or you see me on LinkedIn or on Facebook, I always give the same, uh, you know, impression or, or, or kind of the same style. And, and that needs to be aligned. So that's the first reason, you know, you need to be out there because that's where people search before they buy. They also trust their friends, their, their um, you know, community. If they hear that, oh, Sarah, um, you know, is doing a great job from someone that, you know, has been a client of, of mine through Facebook, for example, well, then immediately the trust factor goes up. So that's why uh, social media is, is important. The other reason, of course, is that it's it's a very affordable way nowadays to to promote your business 
And maybe you noticed how I didn't say a free way because that's a misconception. Social media is not free. Uh, it costs time. Uh, it costs also nowadays on Facebook especially uh, some money because your, your uh, updates are not necessarily seen all the time any, anymore. And so it's not free, but it's definitely much more affordable, affordable if you compare it to uh, you know, newspaper ads or television ads or things like that. Well, Sarah, I actually wanted to build on that. And, and of course, I think our community at large knows this because we are very much ingrained in social media and that's how we reach them. And I think in general, entrepreneurs and businesses, they're aware of social media, at least on, to some level or some degree. However, I think that a lot of people are taking sort of that shotgun approach. They're just putting things out there, but they don't know exactly what they're putting out there. It's not necessarily meaningful content or meaningful uh, engagement with the community and building that trust with them. And I think that I see that as a huge obstacle, even though we hear about Twitter, we hear about Facebook and LinkedIn and that we should be doing something with it, but we don't actually know what to do. So I, I would assume that you agree with that statement is that there's just a lot of people out there who know that they need to use it. They just don't know how to. Yeah. That, uh, and it comes back to that aligned presence. Um, so you can't just, you know, tweet about um, your dogs and your, you know, what you had for dinner last night on Twitter and then try to build this professional uh, presence on LinkedIn. People, they, you know, they, they will go over to Twitter and, and not understand how come, you know, this person is doing this on Twitter and something completely different on LinkedIn. It needs to be aligned. And then what you're saying is true. Yeah, that all these platforms and uh, a lot of people don't know how to use them, what, what to say. Um, so there's definitely a big need for education still. And you guys in the States are, you know, a lot ahead of us. Imagine in Switzerland, we're still two or three years back. And so um, we're still, you know, using Facebook very heavily, where in the States, people are actually getting off Facebook. So it's, it's uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's a big need for education for small business owners. And, and I imagine nurses as well. Well, it's interesting you would say that people in Europe are actually still heavily on Facebook and that Americans are leaving Facebook or kind of just leaning in other directions. And do you find that there are a lot of professionals out there, whether in Europe or here, who are seeing that there's a lot more to be gained from, for instance, um, interacting with others on LinkedIn? And where does LinkedIn come into this calculation and how do you see it as the the place to go to connect with others on a professional level? I think um, Facebook, you know, three, four years ago was the place to be because it was new and it was you know, sexy and interesting. And now people got um, kind of bored of all the junk content that's out there and people will still use it for you know personal reasons because we're hooked now we we want to stay in touch with our families and friends um but for professional reasons uh, linkedin is definitely a much better place um so people know that if they go on linkedin they can talk only business and so i when i came back to switzerland i realized that immediately that you know, for B2B or just any kind of business-related social media, LinkedIn is a much better place than, than Facebook. I think it also comes down to um, different mentalities. The, uh, you know, Americans in general are 
I don't think it's just a stereotype, but I think it's, I actually uh, experienced that when I was living in, in California. You guys are more um, outgoing, um, extroverted, friendly, and uh, some of the European countries, they're more re reserved and, 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 you know, you don't immediately talk about your family or, or you don't mix business and, and personal. And so uh, that's another reason why I chose to specialize in LinkedIn, because the Swiss audience and some of the other European countries, they feel much more comfortable on LinkedIn because they can only talk business. Well, and Sarah, I wanted, there's a question from commu uh, the community here talking about why Facebook is, is not good. And of course, it's not that it's not good. I couldn't agree with you more about Facebook. I think that Facebook really is something where it's more of our personal uh, portfolio or photos that just kind of grow chronologically or organically and having conversations with our friends and family, just as if we were to pick up the telephone and have a conversation with them. We can reach them a little bit easier there, but I see it as something where for me personally, that's where it really ends, except for as an entrepreneur, I still need to have a business presence on Facebook. But for me personally, I put more of my professional engagement, if you will, either on Google Plus or at, on LinkedIn, because I do feel that those professional conversations are happening on LinkedIn more so than Facebook, because you are inundated with such just information that I, I'm sorry that you're in the ER and you're waiting to see the doc or the the nurse or whatever, and you've been there for a couple of hours. And I, and I do wish you well, but seeing stuff like that peppered in to some of the valuable content that I'm looking for on Facebook, it's kind of harder because it's on a more personal level of them people just updating that they made brownies this morning. I mean, I'll do respect. I don't want to offend anyone, but it, it does come to the, where we really need to focus on LinkedIn. And I'm glad to have you here talking about that as a specialist, because I have leaders in companies still today, even in the United States, even though you think that we're so progressive, it, that they are still not utilizing LinkedIn. They don't have a profile or they just have their name with no photo and nothing to really offer. So where, where do you begin there? That's astounding. And, and, and it's still, yeah, of course, the case here too. And, and I think it comes back to education. Um, you know, if you want a presence or if you want to build relationships or, or, or grow your business on LinkedIn, well, of course, it starts with the profile. Uh, some of these companies, they actually do have a, a company page, but then the CEO doesn't want to have a profile. Well, that mm -hmm. doesn't look too good, does it? <laughs> There's a company page, but the CEO is not represented. So again, it comes back to education, training these people how to use LinkedIn. That's very true, Sarah. And when I worked with you, you actually helped me with my LinkedIn profile. That was through one of your hangouts or, or group calls. And then you and I worked together individually and you were so incredibly helpful. I learned so much from you and I continue to. So some of the first things, if we can throw out a couple tidbits to our listeners in terms of LinkedIn, you absolutely want a photograph on your LinkedIn profile, correct? Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. I've always known and I've always heard and I see that a nice professional smiling photograph is much better than something that has more of a personal feeling to it, right? Again, that comes back to the difference between Facebook and LinkedIn. On Facebook, it's fine to have your you know, family picture and, and you in a bikini at the beach and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. on LinkedIn, that's definitely a big no-no. It needs to be a professional. It doesn't mean you know, sterile. 
again, it comes back to your uh, to your representation. So on, you know, if people see my style, they see my website, they see how I am. I'm not going to wear a suit uh, on my uh, LinkedIn profile picture because that's not me. Even if I meet clients in person, I'm still going to wear jeans. Uh, so so it would be weird to to have a too sterile picture, but depends on on your um, you know position and job. I just wanted to say when you're talking about so you you're talking about getting started and some of the things that you need to do. And Keith, I don't know if this uh, trumps what you're doing or it goes after or it should go after. But I wanted to uh, mention to Sarah is that I see a lot of folks out there that they really do spruce up their LinkedIn page and it looks really solid uh, because they're looking to land a particular uh, career or job or, or whatever that is. And then I see things kind of falling off for them. They've got the job. They're comfy. And then that LinkedIn profile doesn't really get updated with some of the projects that they could be working on and some of the recommendations that they might be able to receive just to keep that profile fresh and so that it's not just static, but it's growing with them as they're growing in that company or that uh, as an entrepreneur or whatever it is that they're, they're working on. That's very important, uh, I think, to, to realize is that LinkedIn is not, um, you know, like we used to think 10 years ago an online cv that just you know sits there and doesn't get updated it it's yeah it's a continuous work in progress and you like you said you add projects you add uh, videos you can add pdfs you can add powerpoint presentations and what's just as important is you know if, let's say you're at a corporate job and you're you have a nice little job and you plan to stay there for the next five to ten years well, that's very nice, but we never know what happens tomorrow. And so, first of all, update your LinkedIn profile, but also keep building on uh, growing your network. Keep building on growing these relationships um, because you just don't know what happens tomorrow. Or, or maybe you all of a sudden you want to leave the corporate world and you want to become an entrepreneur. Well, then especially you need all these contacts. And so that's why it's important to keep building those relationships on, on LinkedIn. And maybe we can just mention one of the biggest mistakes that uh, I know that Keith is, agrees with that too, that we always see people make is that they send out um, the default text invitation to uh, connect with someone. LinkedIn doesn't you know, make it easy for us because they actually suggest that silly default text you know, where it says, uh, I'd like to add you to my professional network. Um, and then it says optional, add a, a personal note. Well, it's not optional. It's really, really important that you add this personal message and say why you would like to connect. First of all, you, you increase your chances of getting accepted um, so that the person actually accepts the, the invitation to connect. And, and second of all, you'll be remembered much better if, if, the, if you know, the person reads your personal note. So, that's that's key in building your network is sending out personalized invitations. I learned that from you and I've been applying that diligently every day ever since the time I heard that first conversation about it. And I think I was practicing it prior, but now I'm it's a hundred percent of the time. And I have to say I get so many LinkedIn invitations every day. I probably get half a dozen to ten per day. And Honestly, I really only respond to the ones that are personalized, and I'd say 
I'd say 99% are not personalized. Once in a while, I'll see someone who I don't know who sent me a generic invitation, but I'll see, hmm, they look like an interesting person. So I'll write them back. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a standard text that I send back to people who've sent me a non-personal invitation on LinkedIn. And if any of you are listening or watching and you'd like to have that, just email me at nursekeith.com. It's keith at nursekeith.com. And I'll send that text to you and you can use it to you as much as you'd like. But what I'm hearing, Sarah, what I've learned from you and from others, but especially from you, is there's several aspects to LinkedIn. One is creating this profile, and I'd like to get into the search engine aspect of LinkedIn too. So there's the profile, and really, it's not just an online CV, it's a dynamic document that should be constantly changing with your career and as you grow, just like your resume should be constantly updated on your computer so that if you lose your job, like Sarah said, things can change in a moment, your resume is ready to go. And your LinkedIn profile should be that same way. And so there's that aspect of it, of putting out there who you are, but then the other spe- aspect is connection. It's authentically connecting with others on social media. So part of that connection, obviously, is meeting other people who are like-minded or have something to offer you and that you have something to offer them. So having said that, for people to find you on LinkedIn, you have said in the past, and I think this this isn't a quote, it's a paraphrase, that LinkedIn is sort of like a powerful search engine disguised as social media mm-hmm. and that it's actually its own search engine with its own algorithms. Can you speak to the search engine aspect of the platform and how that helps people actually find you? Yeah, so more and more people, business owners, uh, recruiters, HR professionals go to LinkedIn in order to find the people or the services that they're looking for. So they will go onto their LinkedIn homepage and type into the search bar what they're looking for. Again, it might be HR uh, people who are looking for the next candidate. It may, might be a business who is looking for a service provider. It might be a business looking for a business partner. And so they're typing in these keywords uh, and, and then uh, the LinkedIn gives them a certain number of search results. So what you refer to, um, Keith, is that you need to optimize your LinkedIn profile in order to show up in those search results for the keywords that you want to show up for. So that's really what it comes down to uh, when, when, when it comes to optimizing your LinkedIn profile. You need to think in terms of the keywords that your um, client or, or if, it's a, if you're looking for a job that the HR recruiter will uh, use and not necessarily the keywords that you're thinking of because often we're thinking in our kind of um, you know professional jargon and, and, and then we use words that are not really the words that the other people would use for so think what would this person type into the search bar on LinkedIn in order for me to, sh- to show up in the search result well I think that again regardless of the platform that you're on we are always thinking about keywords and, you know, throwing around terms like SEO and how people do find us. So that's actually something that I think that our community is not aware of when it comes to the LinkedIn algorithm, when it comes to search, because so as you're saying, it is extremely important for you to choose carefully the words 
regarding how you set up your profile and your work experience because I do know that there are headhunters out there, there are corporations out there, and they might have some internal folks in, in HR looking for an individual like yourself. So, for example, if you're a nurse, now I'm, I'm you know, not necessarily specific, um, familiar with, with all the specific uh, keywords that you guys would use, but nurse alone is not enough. It's not specific enough. You need to kind of tell um, in the keywords what you're good at, your skill, you know. So, so I'm sure there's different specifications for uh, this nurse and, you know, well, it, what, well, actually Sarah, what we would use for, for some nurses out there, it would be more like a subspecialty area, like say ICU or oncology or orthopedics. So you, so what you're saying is definitely pepper your profile or those words in there. If those are the jobs that you're looking for. And there, there are functions on LinkedIn. Like I can go into my LinkedIn profile and I can see what keywords are causing me to come up in people's searches. And this is without having a premium paid LinkedIn profile. This is just regular garden variety LinkedIn profile that I have. And I can see that nursing, coaching, nurses, those are the certain words that come up for me. And those are the words that you'll find in my profile. And Sarah, I, I know we haven't talked about this specifically, you and I, but I've spoken with other people that it's not meant to be manipulative when you use keywords. It's really we're we're not gaming the system. It's that the system uses algorithms. And if you want to be found by, say, recruiters for a hospital for oncology then nursing and oncology are words you want in your profile so it's not manipulative it's actually the way to use this system to your own benefit do you agree i agree and, and there's actually other linkedin pros or social media gurus as we said before who, who would tell you to kind of just you know fill your linkedin profile with the keywords and like over and over and over again um, and yes, you will get found probably, you'll show up first in the search results, but then if a person reads your profile and it doesn't make any sense and it just, you know, yells at you, oh, this person is just trying to trick the search results, does mm -hmm. that put you in confidence to actually contact them? To, for me, that wouldn't work. So I agree with you. It's not, we're not trying to trick the system and just, you know, fill, fill in the keywords everywhere only when they make sense and only when it still, you know, it still feels like a, 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 it has coherence in a way and, and it makes sense. You're doing yourself a disservice because that's actually your profile. I mean, going back to web search and SEO, where before you know, Google was hammering everybody to change uh, things with their keywords or not allowing us to tag everything in that you're, you were looking for traffic and, and for many web developers or, or folks out there who wanted the traffic, they just wanted the traffic. But on LinkedIn, that's where you are really trying to create those authentic connections, those real connections. Because yeah, if you just start tagging your profile with all kinds of things that, and then people are just reaching out to you like, hey, I got a, an opportunity for you, or hey, I got this job for you. And you're like, wait a minute, I don't even do that. So you're not only wasting somebody else's time, but your own time because your inbox is just filling up with stuff. So with, with irrelevant information. So I think that, you know, having that own algorithm is great and it's good to hear that you do need to be cognizant of remaining authentic with those keywords and those search terms. But I did want to ask you quickly, just quickly, 
What do you think about the premium version of LinkedIn? Is that something that you recommend to some of your clients? It depends what kind of level they're already using LinkedIn. I think LinkedIn premium becomes interesting if you've really used all the default sort of free level um, features to, to, to the max. And for 99.5% of the people, that's not the case. So I would say use the, use the free version, start to learn everything that's already out there possible with the free version. And then if you think, okay, uh, I've really, you know, used this thing to the max, then upgrade. But otherwise, uh, I'm using still the free version and I'm fine with it. You heard it here first, folks. Sarah's a real specialist out there. She's an expert. She still doesn't use the premium LinkedIn features. So why spend the money when you can make the best use of it possible with the regular LinkedIn that you can use for free? So Sarah, let's since 99% or even more of our listeners are nurses and or health professionals, let's take a little case study, for instance. So we have a nurse. Uh, she's been in the, let's see, she's been in the profession maybe 15 years, 20 years, something like that. She lives in California, where you used to live. And, you know, she's she's pretty happy in her job, but she hasn't been on LinkedIn or maybe she started a profile five years ago and it has her name and maybe says RN after her name and there's nothing else there in the profile. So maybe she might want to make a change in her profession someday, maybe even just change specialties. So just give us a, a quick rundown. What would be the first things this nurse would do and why would it be important for her to do that to make sure that she can meet the people she needs to meet out there on the internet and on LinkedIn. So as we said, first upload a, a profile picture, then start with the headline where you're going to um, not just, you know, use your title, but use the specialty and what you described earlier. So you're going to really narrow it down to some specialty. Then in terms of the summary, that's where people make the mistake and just, you know, write two lines. Uh, so I was a nurse at this and this hospital. Um, the summary is where we have 2,000 characters, so we really want to tell our story, uh, tell people what we're good at, tell people what we can bring to the table. You know, if there's any um, you know great doctors you work worked with, that's what you're gonna say in that summary section. 2,000 characters, it's it's a lot of text. I would recommend that you break it up into paragraphs, so you can uh, you know it's easier on the eye. So just break it up into little paragraphs and maybe give it some some subtitles so uh, people, you know, because when, when you have a, a text of 2,000 characters, you're probably going to skip it because it's just too much text. But if you break it up and give it some subtitles, it's, it's much easier to read. So that's the summary. And then you need to fill in, of course, your experience. Uh, so these are the different jobs you've held. Also, make sure that you give a little description again. Try to use your keywords if, if they make sense. Uh, then further down at the bottom, there's a section that's called skills. Again, that's a very important section for the search algorithm. So uh, that's where you want to fill in all your uh, skills, uh, you know, specific to, to your job, to your experience. What I always recommend at the very bottom, the last section that's called additional info, is that you uh, close with a personal closure, just like you would close a letter. 
So you say uh, how you would like to be contacted on LinkedIn, and then you close off with your first and last name. This makes you much more approachable. Uh, people actually, you know, see this LinkedIn profile that there's a person behind it rather than just being this, you know, this website and, and, and there's not a real person. And so they feel more confident to contact you. And that's another thing. At the bottom, you can remind them of your email or your phone number. So it's easy for them to contact you. Well, Sarah, this actually sounds to me like a challenge, a challenge to get things uh, kickstarted here on your LinkedIn page. And speaking of challenges, uh, let's talk about that LinkedIn challenge that you've got going on starting June 1st. And just to let everybody know, the LinkedInChallenge.com is where you can find out more information. But of course, Sarah, please feel free to let our community know a little bit about that. Well, thanks for this opportunity to to share. And, and, and yeah, Keith has uh, participated before. This is the third edition that I'm running this with other LinkedIn pros, specialists from all over the world. And we really want to make um, LinkedIn more accessible. We want to show people how how powerful this platform is, even though it has the reputation of being boring and sterile. So we want to show people how you can make it fun, how it's really also a social platform. So there's 21 tips that people can sign up for. It's free. You get uh, 21 tips, one tip a day, and they can cover pretty much anything from building your profile to how to engage with people, how to grow your network, how to uh, not spam your uh, network with silly messages, and, uh, and you also get access to a LinkedIn group. And there, you know, it really goes from, from like covering any kind of LinkedIn question. So you get actually much more than just the 21 tips because people can ask any kind of LinkedIn question. And if I don't know the answer, maybe someone else will. And if they don't, then I'll go and find it out from LinkedIn Help Desk directly. We'd love to have some more healthcare professionals on the challenge. I look forward to seeing you in the LinkedIn group and, and on the challenge directly. Thank you for describing the LinkedIn challenge. And I would just like to add a testimonial here. I know I've said some nice things about Sarah already, but she runs this LinkedIn challenge as a service to her community, which is always growing. And there's people from all over the world. And like she said, it's not just the tip you'll get by email every day. There's also the page where you can go and interact with the other people, the leaders, the, you know, the thought leaders in for LinkedIn who are working with Sarah and also the other participants. So if you think you have a question that maybe you think, oh, this is a stupid question, chances are there's 25 other people who have the same question about how to use that aspect of LinkedIn. And if you ask the question on the platform, many, many people will chime in saying, oh, I had that same issue or this is how I fix it. And Sarah will give an answer and then another expert will give an answer. So it's a great give and take. And Sarah, I would say you are sort of the, the circus master. You kind of keep the <laughs> conversation going and you make sure that everyone's questions get responded to. And that's what I liked is it's this big challenge with lots of people from all over the world. But I find that there's personal attention to each question that's posted. So Sarah, the it's the LinkedInChallenge.com, right? Yep. And people can find you at simplicity small biz 
com. So that's Sarah's website. There's a nice welcome video as soon as you open the website and lots of information. So we definitely encourage folks to get in, get in touch with Sarah there. Find Sarah on LinkedIn and I challenge you not to send her a generic invitation. I challenge you to say, hey, Sarah, I heard you on RNFM radio and I'd love to connect with you here on LinkedIn. Right, Sarah, you don't want any of those impersonal generic No, because I won't know who you are. And, <laughs> and right. if I have time, I will, you know, ask, you know, how do I know you? Uh, but like you, Keith, I'm getting, you know, 10, 15 invitations per day and they pile up. And at the end of the week, I have 100 and I'm like, do I really have the time to go and ask, you know, why do you want to connect with me? So. I know LinkedIn doesn't make it easy for us. And I always give people the benefit of the doubt and think, oh, they probably just didn't know any better. Or they used the mobile where we still cannot personalize the LinkedIn invitations. And, and you know, if LinkedIn is listening, please, please have us, uh, you know, give us that option. But yeah, personal invitation, uh, I will definitely accept it with pleasure. Great. Well, Kevin, any last words for Sarah before she has to run? Sarah, I just want to, con- to congratulate you on this being in the entrepreneurial space. Of course, as a parent, a mother, uh, we were talking earlier about having kiddos, young kiddos, and just being able to uh, manage all of that. You've got a lot of balls in the air, just juggling things around, and, and I can completely understand. But what I wanted to say, and I think our community will also appreciate this, I think we have just gotten at least a good 30 minutes of some really valuable information, not only just social media, but especially LinkedIn. So I encourage everybody to head over to the LinkedInChallenge.com. That link will actually be embedded into this podcast. So you can just click right from there, head over to the page, sign up June 1st is when it launches and get to know Sarah on a more personal level. And again, as Keith said, don't just send her a generic, hey, let's connect, you know, Find something in there, put something in there, not just the vanilla, you know, do some, do some other colorful flavor and let her know why she should connect with you. So Sarah, thanks so much. And I look forward to connecting with you on LinkedIn and getting to know more about your platform and what you're doing. Same here. Thanks so much for having me again, both of you. And uh, I wish you a wonderful day. Well, Kev, we had our first European guest on RNFM radio. I'm very excited about that myself. Well, I knew that we were international as far as our listenership, and we certainly appreciate the international folks out there. We do not forget about you, and a lot of times when I'm targeting things to get to you, I do include you in a lot of that content that we're creating out there. So, But it is great to have an international uh, guest on the show. That's the thing. We are everywhere you want to be, and of course, everywhere our guests are, and bringing the guests to where you are so to speak. I just got a headache because I was trying to figure out that labyrinth of or that matrix of how we were doing that. But this is the internet. These are the interwebs here and we can connect you with some of the most valuable content and most astounding and innovative people out there. That's so right, Kevin. And, you know, I'm choking on some water here, but <clears throat> it's okay. Go ahead. Um, just, just here's what you do. Just for just, yeah, just, right. Yeah, just just raise your arms. Don't pat yourself oh, on the back. Just okay. raise your arms, get that diaphragm, right. you know, raise push that up. Yeah, I, I heard this somewhere. It was, uh, I think I watched it on like a television show. Oh, yeah, maybe oh, you saw minute. it on YouTube or something. Or maybe yeah, it was a Seinfeld yeah. episode. I don't know. <laughs> so, no, so. <laughs> anyway, just cracking up here. But 
you know, Keith, I, I appreciate you bringing Sarah on the show because again, you, you find these, these great guests. And I think again, our community is going to find some valuable information in this show. Really take a look at that LinkedIn profile. Think of yourself as someone, a hiring manager or that you own your business, even if you don't own your business and look at your own profile. Would you hire you or reach out to you for a project or something that's going on? And, and I think that's a great measure. If you can look at your own profile and say, you know what, that looks good. It, again, if I was a hiring manager or someone who I wanted to bring into my company, that, that profile really captures the essence of what this person really does and what they can do for me and my company. Uh, and, and I think you need to think in those terms as well. I just think that's just one way that you can look at it or think of it as. You've talked about personal brand management before here on the show. Well, we both have, but you've mentioned it a number of times. And all of your social media profiles are part of your personal brand, whether you're an entrepreneur like Kevin and myself, or if you're still a practicing nurse. So like Sarah said earlier in the show, you may be very happy in your job. You may be very settled. Maybe you think you're going to be at that particular hospital or healthcare facility till you retire. You know, you, you don't plan on going anywhere, but let's face it. It's a 21st century. Things change fast, right, Kevin? And your hospital might be bought out. It might shut down. Things can change so quickly. And it's just like a resume. Like I said earlier, I always have my resume updated on my laptop. It's always ready to go. Even though I don't apply for many jobs, it's not something I do very often, but I have it ready to roll just in case. And my LinkedIn profile is the same way. It's not that my LinkedIn profile is ready to roll. It means my LinkedIn profile is fresh. It's dynamic. I'm always adding, tweaking, changing the information, thinking about who do I want to find me? What keywords do I want people to be looking for? And how do I want to pop up in searches? What's the message about my personal brand I'm putting out there as an entrepreneur and or as a clinical nurse? So Kevin, what do you think about LinkedIn in terms of your your brand? Whether, even if you're you know working in a job and you're perfectly happy there. Well, no, I agree. It even if you are perfectly happy, you made a great point. You don't know what is going to happen. And it also is a way, not just to give yourself like a pat on the back or kudos, but it's a, this is a platform that you literally can place, as Sarah was talking about videos and PDFs, things that you're working on, of course, things that you can publicly you know, share with your communities out there. But to be honest, Keith, as a personal brand, I... Well, because I've been an entrepreneur for so long, I have not updated my actual static resume, so to speak. So, so the paper copy of my resume is not updated, but my LinkedIn profile is always updated. And I'll tell you this, I had, we, we get contracts from all over uh, the, the country and, but definitely here in Colorado, I had someone ask me specifically for my resume for a contract. And I said, well, wait a minute, you're, it's a B2B thing. It's a business to business. Why do you want my resume? You're contracting with my company. But they said, well, we want to work with you specifically. And we just kind of wanted to look at your experience. Well, what I ended up doing, because I didn't have that paper resume uh, finalized, I just said, check out my LinkedIn profile. And of course, they immediately went over there. And it was interesting because this was actually a CFO and a COO of the company. And they realized that, oh, wow, we don't even have our profiles updated like that. We need, so I actually helped them do that. Uh, updating updating their own profiles and then they said oh no this is perfect 
But again, I didn't want to deviate too much because like I said, you said your resume is always up to date. And of course, I know your LinkedIn profile is as well. But Sarah's right. People go online first. They can have that paper document in front of them, but I'll guarantee you probably eight or nine times out of 10 HR departments, they, they look at that resume, but if they're really interested in you, they're going to find you online. They're going to want to see what you've got going on online because that resume can't tell enough. I've been told by a number of hiring managers and nurse executives and others that when someone applies for a job, the first thing they do, they may glance at the resume, but like Kevin said, they type your name into LinkedIn. They type your name into Facebook. They look for you on Twitter and Google Plus and they kind of see, you know, are they posting embarrassing pictures of themselves? Are they presenting themselves as a professional. It's so true. I can't tell you how many people I've heard that from. So I also want to tell you, Kevin, that, you know, a resume is a good thing because you want a two page resume or three at most that you can send to someone. However, when you're on your LinkedIn profile and I'm looking at mine right now, right to the right of my photograph and um, the editing um, uh, feature, there's a little scroll down and I can actually export my LinkedIn profile to PDF. So I can actually download that PDF and share it with someone. So it'll end up being a lot of pages because my particular profile is pretty long. It's pretty, pretty um, involved. But there's a way to print out or send your, your LinkedIn profile as a PDF if you care to. But I do encourage you to have that resume ready to go as well. I, I agree with that. And and one thing I just wanted to say is that you're right. You can do, download that PDF, but just quickly, if you keep that LinkedIn profile up to date, I knew that if I had to cr- like sort of cram and get a resume together for whatever reason, I could do that from the profile of my LinkedIn page. Even if I had to download it in a PDF or a Word doc, I could at least tweak some things to make it that two page document. So at least it's a, a frame of reference so that I remember things because you're like, gosh, what did I do six years ago? But if it's on LinkedIn, then I remember it. That's a really good point. LinkedIn is almost like your place to go to learn about what was I doing five years ago. It does kind of tweak your memory and it can really help you to stay on top of the trajectory of your career because that's what your profile shows. It shows that whole trajectory as far back as you care to share on your profile. So, Kevin, I know we have another podcast to record in a little while, and this has been a great show, and I would love to have Sarah back because we could dig in much more deeply to this, but I think it was a really good shot and a good challenge to our listeners to go to the LinkedInChallenge.com and join this 20-day challenge that starts on June 21st, and also to go to SimplicitySmallBiz.com. And just for people to realize that there's so much out there, there's so much to check out. And Sarah is one of many experts on whom you can rely for great information. So Kev, uh, we have so many other live shows coming up. On June 4th, we have Sue Bach, who's a life and leadership coach and nurse. We have four amazing international leaders of the nurse coaching movement on June 11th who will be live with us. We have Linda Bark, my mentor and friend in California. She'll be talking about her pioneering work as a nurse coach on July 9th. And there's many, many other live shows coming up and pre-recorded podcasts that get uploaded as the the recordings get processed by my my wonderful partner, Kevin. So, Kev, there's so much more coming up. I don't even know how to begin talking about the excitement coming up throughout the year, but I recommend everyone go to rnfmradio.com to, to read about it, read what we have up there, and connect with us. 
So I'll leave, let you have the final word. And it's been a wonderful episode 115. Well, and as you said, Keith, exactly right. RNFMRadio.com has all of that wonderful content. We try to capture it here toward the end of the show to let you know what's up and coming. But guess what? We've got a schedule page right there on RNFMRadio.com under schedule. So you'll know who is coming and when. Of course, we hope that you in some way have felt uplifted, motivated, and ready for something that moves a needle for you. Find passion in your life, innovate and create, and of course, care for yourself while caring for others. And we look forward to having you back here again on the Pulse of Nursing and RNFM Radio here. Tune in to our next Google Hangouts on air, and we enjoy the community at large. Again, we are everywhere you want to be. So thanks so much, everyone, and we'll catch you on the next one.